This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball with David Locke coming up here momentarily. Of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll get David's feelings on uh, what's going on in jazz world right now, but uh, they're red hot, Gordon. Six in a row. How about that? Six in a row and might have an opportunity here to, to extend that for, for a while yet. Obviously, this is one of the reasons why I'm not as interested so much in whoever it is they're playing. I want to see the way they play. But you bring up a good point about those teams that play a certain kind of defense that is disruptive and can knock the Jazz off their rhythm, then obviously that's a a more difficult thing for the Jazz to take care of. And it's not necessarily great teams that are capable of doing that. Uh, We talked earlier about Minnesota. We talked about, who else was it, the Knicks? Uh, Yeah, and the Suns. Mm -hmm. Well, there are four four losses, right, to the the Knicks, Nets, Suns, and T-Wolves. So uh, the Nets Nets game was was different. Yeah. I mean, they just couldn't guard Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and the game was over before it even began. But those other three, they faced some uh, more aggressive defense that they had trouble handling because it takes them out of the ball movement, which is so successful. Because it makes them into an ISO team, and they're just not as good as that. Uh, at do you, that. What, what percentage of teams in the league do you think are capable of playing that kind of You defense? know what? I, I don't know. Uh, Gordon, I'm not so sure. I'm surprised we haven't seen it a little bit more. But some teams just aren't built that way. Right, right. Well, I wonder if a team in a playoffs would be willing to restructure their defense in order to cause the Jazz problems. And that. Well, well I've, I think we've actually seen that happen multiple years, um, certainly with the Houston Rockets. All right, I uh, thought the Rockets played that kind of defense on a regular basis. Was it? They sure? did. No, they did, but they, they played I, I mean, adjust for the actual matchup against the Jazz. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, his weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto team. He's the one and only David Locke. What's going on, David? Hey guys hey we're doing great man how are you i'm super great day awesome uh it's good to hear Thanks i uh, for... i'm reading between the lines there david and i agree with you 100 percent. yeah uh, they weren't between the lines they were just pretty far out there that was like bold face <laughs> highlighted 27 font if anybody wanted to read it not not, <laughs> n- n- not, not, not being subtle <laughs> okay all right david here's I'm not, where I'm, I'm not yeah no go ahead i'm sorry no that's good i'll hold that I'll be subtle there. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's where I want to start with you. And I, uh, you know, listening to all the broadcasts, of course, um, uh, and doing pre half and post uh, and chatting with you throughout all these games, I just want to start by saying catch and shoot three. <laughs> Go. Answer. Go. Well, I mean, we're great at it. So it's what we do. They're not easy to get. Like it really, you know, it's great to say we're great at it. The uh, trying to go get them is not, is not the easiest things. And teams can probably take them away. Um, but if you give us catch and shoot, we'll kill you. Um, it's just that simple. And, you know, we are doing, we are at a historic rate right now. Um, there has not been a team in NBA history that has made, uh, 23s and three, or there's that nobody has done more than make 23s in three of their last four games. I don't know if anyone's ever in the history of the game made 23s and four of their last six. Um, and you know, if we get, if we get the looks, we're going to knock them down at a high rate. Like this is, we're not shooting some incredible percentage that makes no sense. We're shooting 
you know, going into last night, we're shooting 39.7% from three. We'll probably come down from that a little bit. We're at 40.1 right now, but we're really, if we keep getting these kind of looks, we're, we're, we're good. Like I can, over the last four years, it, and it's not like we're good for like a week, right? Like that's, I think, the thing. So if you go over the last four years on standstill threes, sta- you know, catch and shoot standstill threes, if you, over the last four years, Donovan's second best in the NBA behind Joe Harris. Boyan's 24th. Mike Conley would be in between these two somewhere. He just doesn't have enough to qualify. Boyan's 24th. Royce is 30th. Joe's 39th. Clarkson's 41st. And the Yang would be like 42nd. Uh, those are the only guys who shoot for us. They're all effective field goal percentages, well over 60%. Like, we're great at that. So if we get those looks, lights out. So, David, explain to our listeners how the Jazz best get those looks. Right now we're getting them best in transition. You know, last year we did not go into transition a lot. I think we played the most half-court possessions of anyone in the league. Um, The secondary aspect of that is that we then also weren't very good in fast breaks. So we we were both, you know, not in fast break very often and not very efficient when we were in fast break. This year we're in fast break about the same amount as league average, which is a huge step forward. But then the thing is we're the number one transition team in the league, right? averaging about 1.5 points per possession every time we're in transition. So, you know, you start bearing a bunch of threes in transition. That's how you get there. Um, one of the coaches in a presser the other day said that we have, we score the most transition threes of anyone in the league, and I think we had five or six of those the other night. So, um, you know, we had 18 assisted threes the other night. So that's basically what a catch-and-shoot three is. Um, and you're going to get that first from transition and second from uh, great ball movement, penetration kick, get the blender going, and then find find the open guy. It's and then, you know, actually, I probably let me let me back up. Sorry, Gordon. It actually first starts with brilliant spacing. The first thing that you have to have is really, really good spacing. So, David, that, is that what Quinn was talking about last night after the game when he was asked about the Jazz's great shooting, and he said defense. And, and Jake and I were talking about that earlier during the show, and that, there's a lot of different ways you can take that, but I think you just described it pretty well. So, yeah, I think that is it. That's getting us out and getting us opportunities and getting, you know, he believes in advantage basketball and getting us that advantage. Um, our offense off of a, this was going into last night's game. I haven't updated it yet for tomorrow. Um, our offense off a of miss uh, going into last night was the sixth best offense in the NBA off a make was the 21st. So, you know, that's really whether we're, we're playing, you know, so the defense is um, creating the offense, certainly. Now, it goes both ways, frankly. Our defense off a make is the second best in the NBA, and off a miss is the 22nd. We're not great at getting back right now in transition. So it's also why our games are so streaky um, is, I think, part of what you're, what you're seeing there. Our offense off a made shot is now 18th in the league, and our offense off a miss shot is now 6th in the league. So off a miss, we're getting 1.16 points per possession, and off a made shot, we're at 1.04. So what you just said might have to do with, or partially with my next question, but is there any connective tissue uh, between when the Jazz are bogged down offensively, can you you know the Jazz bogged down offensively because of blank? I mean, is there that answer, or is it a variety of things? 
So I think teams get into us physically. Um, they chart to switch us, and so we don't have open passing lanes. Uh, either they get into us physically, blow up our routes so we don't get open passing lanes, or they get into us, they start switching us, and we start over dribbling. Um, and, you know, once we start over dribbling and then we're not moving the basketball and then everybody gets stagnant, then that's when our offense bogs down. So what is it? Like last last night we threw like 340 passes. So that's, that is us not, that is about as high a level of passing as we've had all year. That's not, that's us not bogged down. So when the Jazz run into a talented switching defense, they should what? Um, you know, I think you're going to have to start playing some isolation or act quickly. I mean, I still think the principle that Quinn believes in, which is, you know, you're going to you get the ball and you've got 0.5 seconds to decide whether you're going to drive, shoot, or pass. It still has to be what you're doing. Um, and then if you can drive and get into the lane, hopefully they bring help in some capacity to, to cut off that drive, and now you're able to get the the, the drive and kick game going and get that blender moving in a way it's when we get stagnant and hold it and kind of dribble it. And then we're not able to beat our guy one-on-one we have in Conley Donovan and Clarkson. We generally have three guys that are pretty good um, in their ability to play, you know, one-on-one basketball and get by people now. And that's, that makes us a little different than we've been in years past. So that should help us um, be able to do that. Uh, I would say, um, you know, I, the other answer is getting transitioned to let the defense get set. But um, I can't imagine, honestly, not everybody switches and not everybody has the personnel to switch. Like, you certainly don't want Steven Adams guarding Mike Conley out on the floor. But I don't know actually how you play us and don't switch. I would flip it that way. Like, I don't know what defense you can do to us and not switch. Um, unless you're just going to get crazy physical into our guys and just be like overplaying everything. But the minute Mike Conley comes off a pick, if you're not helping out, he's into the paint. Now he's broken the paint. So last night, New Orleans was like, okay, we're not going to let Mike Conley bring the, break the paint. So then they bring Steven Adams hedging over and cutting off his lane. Well, then you've got to take somebody to the Rudy roll or else Rudy dunks. Well, they brought someone to the Rudy roll. Mike Conley just found the open three-point shooter every time. So... Um, you know, and if you don't want to do that, then you can just drop the big. Um, but that's where Mike Conley just dribbles behind the pick and shoots a three. And the drop big is probably the best answer. It's kind of the defense everybody in the league plays. So now Mike Conley's driving, the big's dropping with Rudy, and, and you hug to our three-point shooters. I think that's, that's probably the other answer on how you deal with us is, is, you're, doing, is you're, you're playing in that manner. Um, and that's why it's the best defense in the NBA. But, I mean, you, I just would have to imagine someone's – people are going to start hugging to our shooters because you can't let us get 45% of our shots at threes. So, David, you've brought something up with Tim and I a couple of times uh, when we've we've been doing crosstalk that Rudy and Mike Conley are the best pick-and-roll defenders in the league. Now, I was kind of trying to think of that a little bit critically, maybe beneath the surface a little bit. And uh, you know what? I've heard, also heard you say that Rudy Gobert himself is the best pick-and-roll defender in the NBA, which is a concept I entirely buy into. So what is Mike bringing to the table in this defensive duo? So this year, Mike's been been picking up a little higher and just having a better impact on the ball. Um, And maybe is beginning to understand how to use Rudy better. Uh, Defensively, we've talked all about offensively, but I asked him about this, really took the moment to give a particular amount of credit to uh, Mike and the way Mike's evolved 
as a player defensively in these matchups in one of our coaches shows recently. Um, and, and he really, you know, he, that's what he basically um, talked about was hey, Rudy's unbelievable, but you know, Mike's doing an incredible job of getting up on the ball and defending and impacting the routes and, and, and doing all of those kind of things. Um, so I think that's, you know, I, I think that's what Mike's doing of the, um, let's see the, the Rudy was like the best in the league by a mile recently. He's still the best in the league. It's not by a mile anymore. Um, there's some other players that are close, but I mean, for the magnitude of, compared to the next guy, Rudy's almost 0.1 points better than the next big who's in pick and roll a lot in the NBA. Um, in fact, he's exactly, he's 0.1 points better than like anyone who's in a lot of pick and rolls. Uh, JaVale McGee in Cleveland, to his credit, has been pretty good and would be close, but Rudy's not just the best pick and roll defender in the league right now. He's like by far the best pick and roll defender, and it just leaves teams, you know, it leaves teams with a lot of problems because they, they actually don't want, like it, it's, you don't want to run pick and roll against us because of the fact that you have to deal with Rudy. And when you have to do, you, you don't want to bring Rudy into a defensive play. So, um, you know, in that sense, you just have a lot of people that are now suddenly don't have their primary offensive play that they, that they usually want to run. David, earlier in the show, Jake and I were talking about the, the vibe we get from Rudy Gobert now, and I I called it. He seems to be at ease. And Jake, what did what word did you use? Open minded. Open minded. Are, are are we imagining this, or is it the fact that Rudy had his contract taken care of, and now he's concentrating on what he can do to help his team win, and not worried about himself so much? Or are we imagining this? I mean, I think he's playing incredibly hard, best example, and I think he's growing up. So uh, I think the like the bit of the night last night for him was he argue, starts to argue that call, realizes the play is still going on, he's got to stop arguing, and then is athletic enough to fall back and block the shot. Like, that was truly something else. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I think he's trying to – he's doing what Rudy does, like um, – I think he's trying to get better. I mean, there have been plenty of little interactions on the floor where he and various guys have griped at each other. I've seen them. That's no different than he's ever been because he's just so committed and fired up during a game. So, you know, is he different or are we making that up? I don't know the answer to that. Um, If he has a different feeling about where he is as a player and established or whether just going through the trauma that he went through with COVID has has changed who he is as a personality, I, I can't imagine you come out of that the same. Um, I'd have to assume you come out of it a little different. David, I'm going to hit you uh, with a, a question that Gordon blindsided Coach Chiesa with the other day. Um, who are you? How t- is my man Gordy? Um, I miss seeing Gordy. Oh man, Coach is great. He's he's nails as always. Um, but give us your give us your top five players in the NBA right now. Not necessarily in order. Just give me give me give me the five. Um, it's more fun if I try to do an order. Isn't sure. It? Yeah, go in order. That's fine. Um, can I go Jokic one? Wow, I didn't see that coming, but sure. So I go LeBron one. Might go Jokic two. Playing like as they're playing right now, or like who I just think are the best players in the league. I would just say who you think are the best players in the league, but but feel free to interpret how you would like. Um, 
Okay, so LeBron, Jokic, Wait, David, you broke up on us a little bit. Uh, you went uh, you went LeBron one, Jokic two. Where'd you go from there? Giannis, number three, okay. but I'm very concerned about him as a playoff player and watching him just not be able to make plays in the final five minutes is hard. Um, Durant at four. Paul George has been the fifth best player in the league, frankly, um, recently. He's been really quite exceptional. Um, Joel Embiid has been pretty exceptional. Who am I missing? Anthony Davis, probably. Yeah, Coach had Anthony Davis in his top five. Yeah, I mean those two Lakers are pretty good. I had, so I think Jake that, had Kawhi. I still had Kawhi in mine. Paul George has been better than Kawhi so far this year. So, and that's kind of why I, that's when I asked. That was what I was thinking as I asked that question of like, are we talking about how they've played this year? Or are we talking about? like who they are as players and that I'm going to like rest my chances on for the future. I think um, then, yeah, Kawhi's track record is better than Paul George's. Um, You know, I'll never convince anyone of this, but um, you know, we, all those players, dominant offensive players, there's no bigger, more dominant defense player in the game right now. And his team is 10 and four. So, you know, no one else would put him in that conversation, but I, I, I don't think it's a. There are limitations to what Rudy can do offensively, and I fully understand that. But there's, I, I just don't think that there's a player in the league that impacts the game um, at the same rate that Rudy. You know, Rudy's impact both offensively and defensively on the game is at par with anybody we just talked about. So this, we talked with you a, a few weeks ago, David, about. I think it was you. I'm sorry if I'm getting it mixed up, but we were talking about the Jazz's need to be in the top 10 in both defensive rating and offensive rating. I think the Lakers were in the top five in both. Well, the Jazz are in the top 10 now in both defensive rating and offensive rating, eight and sixth. Um, are they a better offensive team or better defensive team if you had to pick only one? They're a better defensive team. I think their lack of free-throw shooting is going to make it hard for them to stay in the top ten offensively. But on the other end, nobody in the history of the league has shot this rate of three-point shots and not been a top ten offense. Um, there's only been five teams in the history of the NBA that have taken 40% of their shots as threes, and we're taking, I think, 42 or 43% of our shots as threes. So this has only been done by – five teams in the history of the NBA, they um, finished the years, those years they finished rank in their ranking offensively. Um, number one, number one, number two, number two, and number seven. None of them ever shot better than 37% from three, and we're shooting 41% from three right now. So now we're also, you know, shooting 41% from three with that amount of threes taking. And we're, what are we ranked offensively right now? Eight. Um, so if that cools down and we continue to take a few free throws as we do, I would say um, we probably fall out of the top 10 offensively. So we're a better defensive team. So aren't those two things linked, David? If you're shooting a lot of three-point shots, then you're less likely to get fouled, right? I mean, that's that's a trade-off you make. Mm. It depends on your personnel. Houston, obviously, because of James Harden, did not do that. 
And Dallas last year shot 42% of their shots as threes, and I think they're about 13th or 14th in the league in free throw shooting, mm. maybe because of Luka. So it has a little bit to do with your personnel, but no, those two are not linked at all. Well, David, we appreciate you jumping on as always, man. Thank you. See you tomorrow night. Let me, uh, I, Gordon. Yes. I might need to slightly revise that last comment. Um, I don't think they're linked. Um, I could do some more research on it, but my instinct is that they, it's you know it's there's another sixty percent of those possessions, um, and so that they're probably not linked. But just making a quick scan of. The teams this year that are shooting the most three, the Jazz are 29th in the league in free throw rate. Toronto is 12th in the league in free throw rate. Portland is 10th. So, really, it's actually only the Jazz at this point. Oklahoma City is 24th. And Phoenix, those are the top five. I always like to look at the top six because that's been uh, 20%. Uh, Phoenix in free throw rate is 18th. And Miami is the last one on this list, and they are um, they are the third biggest free throw rate team. So I would say their quick statistical rate right there is that there is no correlation to being a high three-point percentage team being a low free throw rate team. Our personnel yields that. Hmm. Well, David, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Okay. I will talk to you soon. I had all sorts of geeky great notes for Gordon, but I'll have to hold them for another week. All right, buddy. Oh, I I love that stuff, man. Keep it coming. Here's your here's your deep thought of the night. You ready, Gordon? Yeah. Does the opposing team get more shots in the rim after you miss a two point shot or a three point shot? <laughs> right. So I the would... first action is a miss two or a miss three, mm-hmm. and the next action is the opponent's shot. Is it more likely that they get to the rim? Off a missed two or off a missed three? I was going to say off a missed two, but then there's all kinds of spacing that might be created off a missed three that might open some drive lanes straight to the rim. Which one is it? It's a dramatically higher rate if you miss a two. But the opponent is likely to end up at the rim. They shoot 35% of their shots in the restricted area off a missed two against the Jazz, and off a missed three, they take 25% of their shots in the restricted area. Mm. Floor spaced better. On a missed three, you have the floor spaced better. You can get back and build a wall defensively. On a missed two, you probably have two or three guys at the rim. Mm. Or inside. There you go. David, go ahead. Yeah? I was just going to say I'm glad you're having a good day. You know, glad you're having a good day. I am. Thanks, God David. Hopefully, hopefully we all have a good four years. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I won't get you in any more trouble by asking you a couple okay. questions. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on with us. David Locke making his weekly appearance brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. So, uh, sounds various clips coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it?
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Town time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Gordon, we were in the uh, in an Aggie kind of mood today because we had Coach Craig Smith on. We did. And so it, of course, brought up that infamous coaching show moment, which, granted, uh, did not include Coach Smith. This was prior to his arrival. This was uh, Coach Durier. Uh, but uh, when a fan was uh, was asking about uh, the temperature <laughs> that they kept the arena, here you go. Coach, I'm going to ask the dumbest question ever asked of a head coach, <laughs> and that is, what is the temperature on the playing floor? What does it have to be? Uh, today in practice, it was about uh, 62 degrees, but um, I, there is not a, a minimum temperature that an arena or a, a basketball facility has to be. Um, you know, it varies a lot, really. And, and you know, we played at po- uh, Portland State in the old Memorial Coliseum when we were in Portland where the Blazers used to play. Well, now it's a hockey arena. And so it was really cold in there. Uh, and the, the, the coolness comes up through the floor you can feel it on your feet and um, uh, very drafty you know the spectrum so and then we went to Valpo right after that and it was really really warm in that yeah. gym uh, very warm if you remember that yep. Scott and and so it's a basketball it, I know it's an indoor sport but it's kind of a hodgepodge what you get depending on size of arena size of crowd um, different uses for the arena but uh, as a basketball player you always want it uh, uh, you always want it really warm, or I did when I was a player anyway. But, you know, we went to Uruguay this summer to recruit, Spencer and I did, and they were playing the America Cup, uh, which the United States ended up winning. And that arena, and it's it's winter in Uruguay, right, or, or it was when we went there, and uh, that arena was as cold as, as you could possibly. I mean, they, they had the doors were open, and it was cold outside, and all the fans looked like they were at a football game dressed – turtlenecks coats everything else and and we were playing basketball and and uh so it's it varies no matter where you go it probably doesn't vary as much at the nba level where everything's a little more um you know homogenized yeah. I, I guess is the word but in 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 college you get all you know you get all kinds if you want to be cold come to section q section q yeah and uh we will uh let you have one of our coats that we bring because it's colder up there than it was at any football game <laughs> this year. You're right underneath a vent or something up there. Huh? They open up the doors, it blows in on you. Well, that's that's about how cold it was at practice today. It was <laughs> freezing. So, um. uh, <laughs> come, on up. come on up to Section Q. To Section Q. It was colder than at any football game this year. We'll give you one of our coats. <laughs> Coach, guys, Coach Durier had a very well thought out, didn't hesitate, had a wonderful answer. And I have such respect for that fan to persevere all through <laughs> that whole answer just so he could say to somebody in some sort of power up there, yeah. I'm cold, fix it. <laughs> Get on it. Because <laughs> it's cold in Section Q. 
And that was a very well thought out, interesting answer that you gave to the question you thought I was asking. But Which what the I was... setup, it sounded, Coach, it sounded like a, a sincere coach probably went, why do you care? But I guess I'll give okay. you an answer. And yeah, it was hot at Valpo. And you cold can hear Portland the guy and... just Mr. Burns with his fingers together <laughs> waiting to say, Actually, I'm coach, cold. It's really cold in Section Q. Section Q. Are you uh, suggesting perhaps that he he should have uh, campaigned heartily with uh, the uh, physical plant director? Maybe it would be a better way to go. Maybe uh, you know a group of custodians. Sure, but but they don't have a fiscal uh, director show on the zone every week. <laughs> or or how about this? Wear the coat. Or I'm sure you could probably move the season tickets around. You know, maybe go for Section R next year. Now, this is rich coming from you, thermostat Why? boy. Oh, yeah. Well, Lloyd and started had... the it's, whole well, show we, again. You know what? You we can did, put a coat on. We don't have a, a studio in a different part of the arena we could go to. <laughs> you could put a coat on. Huh. See, here's the your thing words, that, Your words. When Fair you enough. get that cold air blowing down on you, you know, even if you're wearing a coat, it gets you around the neck and ears and, it, it, you know. If you, you want to be cold, come to Section Q. <laughs> If you ever want to, you know, cool off, get a little warm coaching down there up at halftime, bounce on up to Section Q. It'll cool you down. If you ever want to be cold, then come on up to Section Q or go to the Zone Studio. Nobody cares about that. (laughs) True. Although with the Zone Studio, it's either hit or miss. Like right now, it's extraordinarily cold. But 10 minutes from now, it could be (laughs) steamy hot. You never know. Yeah, uh, actually, it's kind of getting cold over here. I'm kind of glad I wore a long sleeve on this field. Nobody cares about that, Ajay. We want to know about the win. <laughs> Scotty. Scotty. Just sure glad I wore Knocking this. that down right out of the air. If you want to be cold, come to Section Q. Wear your long sleeve. Have you ever been uncomfortable at a game, uh, climate-wise? Yeah, Ind- uh, actually, it's kind of getting cold over here. I'm kind of glad I wore a long sleeve on Indoor. <laughs> Have you? Oh, I don't I, Nothing jumps to mind. I'm a sweater. No uh, matter what I'm doing, where I sweating. go, what it doesn't matter. I sweat. So I'm always pretty much uncomfortable. Okay. Well, yeah, but if you're sweating, then you don't want the cold air blowing on you once you're sweating, or else then, you know, that's how you catch a cold or something, right? Or is that a, uh, just a myth? Who are you, Nurse Nightingale? That is... <laughs> I'm not going to get the mumps if I'm sitting sweating at the jazz game. I know. What do you do to combat your sweating? I apologize profusely to everyone around me and just shake my head vigorously back and forth. Like See, a St. Bernard. So you can get it on somebody? <laughs> Has anyone ever complained? Uh, there have been people that have commented, boy, you, you look hot. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I have a few uh, follically challenged friends that have a similar problem because yeah. the, the hair doesn't grab it, so it just pours down over the face. Right. Uh, my buddy carries around a towel 24-7. Like Tarkanian? Yeah, like like the shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or All Thompson? So Was it Thompson? Yeah. Dabs it off. But, it, yeah, he could be anywhere. He could be at, like, uh, his best friend's wedding, and there's that towel slicked over Not the a suit. handkerchief. No, but a towel. A hand towel. A hand towel. That's brazen. I love <laughs> that guy, and I've never <laughs> met him. Now, has this always been the case? Because I just wanted, did you ever have to apologize to a girlfriend or anything because it was, you know, it was uh, beating up on you? Creepy undertones aside, no, uh, this is, this only came around when I went bald. And to Jake's point, not only is there nothing there to grab it, but actually I learned that your hair 
works as a natural air conditioning for your body. Ah, so you are technically hotter. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So and when I work out and stuff, I wear a hood or a, or a towel. Is, yeah. This is exactly what I told my wife before she cut the hair off my German Shepherd that summer, that the hair was there to help them cool down, not, not uh, anything else. And then what happened? She shaved, shaved him down anyway, and then he got mad and came in and peed on my bed. Yeah, that happens every other month at our house. <laughs> but we don't have a German Shepherd. So. What do you have? A two-year-old. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're not shaving the two-year-old, I guess. I so really, what is, well, I mean, I'm curious to know, what is your solution to the problem? I mean, uh, can you wear like a sweatband? Uh, sure. It's not socially uh, expected or, or accepted, rather, to just, you know. <laughs> wear sweatbands around the, the place. What I do is if I start to feel like I'm sweating, I just take a tissue or my sleeve and wipe it off when no one's looking. Makes sense. That's all, that's, <laughs> like any other American. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. stay tuned. We There's an interesting college football rumor out there. We'll get to that coming up next. Stay tuned, Ooh. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Want to remind you, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and we want you to know, of course, that flowers make the perfect gift. Place your order at Jimmy's Flowers today before the rush and have those flowers delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's uh, our good friends at Jimmy's Flowers. I love that place, man. Uh, I've had such good experiences getting flowers there, so... Hey Jake, uh, uh, let me. Is it? I know this isn't going to. Sh- this will probably shock you. Apparently, Patrick Mahomes' status is looking more promising all of a sudden. Not, uh, not shocking at all. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Well, we all knew he was going to be listed more optimistically as the week went on, right? Yeah, I think he, rema- he remains in concussion protocol, but his status looks like it's. Trending upward at this point. Bet you a dollar fifty plays. A whole dollar fifty. I'll take that bet. Six quarters. I'll take that bet. How about this, uh, Jake? If I win that bet, you don't owe me a, a makeup slurpee. Deal. Okay. <laughs> you guys shouldn't even be dabbling in this stuff anymore. Haven't you learned your lessons? Listen, Father Monson, we're fine. <laughs> This is not River City here. This isn't a musical. Uh, but uh, what are you implying, Gordon? You you don't think he's going to play? No, I think it was a play. But uh, as far as prognosticating, uh, nobody in this present conversation has really risen to a high level. Well, I just love it that he practiced today, but they still say he's in the protocol. I mean, so... <laughs> What, I what mean, that's you, not even masking the, the hypocrisy of the entire situation. But if situation. you're practicing, what is the protocol at that point? 
think if you're in the protocol, you're not participating with the team, or I would guess that's what it is. Or is there some other kind of thing that goes on as far as treatments and observation and stuff like that where you still can function in a way that might enable you to be involved in preparation but not necessarily avoid uh, further testing, as it were? Well, yeah, I mean, what they're doing here is they're going, well, he's supposed to be in the protocol, but he's also supposed to be preparing for the championship game. So we're going to create this concurrent protocol where he can do both. (laughs) And that way we act or we look like we're doing the right thing when we're really not. Hmm. I think this should start Chad Henney, even if he is healthy. Chad Henney had the guts to put that game away when Andy Reid said to I mean, well, when they when they threw on that down, when they picked up that first down, I mean, I, that was that was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Oh, I thought you meant that beautiful throw Henny had to the end zone to the wrong team. No, and his guy was like thirty yards away still. I mean, brain injury. What, what, what is Henny? Isn't he like fifty-five years old now or something? Yeah, he's close. I guess you can't joke about old quarterbacks this time around. Sorry, Jake, I talked over you. No, you didn't. Uh, brain injuries are a funny thing, though, right? Because it's not, they're not so easy to see. So, you know, if he had a, if he had a situation where his knee, he could, uh, you know, a ligament could go at any moment, do you think they'd be doing, well, he's in knee protocol, but also practicing? <laughs> no. No, I mean, and we chuckle a little bit, but it is very serious. Oh, I think it's horrible. I thought it was horrible when Alex Smith lost his job to a concussion for the very reason that what message are you sending to everyone else? How many high school football players are out there playing with two, three, four concussions and not telling anybody about it because they don't want to lose their spot? Yeah, I think it, yeah. it sends a terrible message from the top on down. I hated reading that story today. Patrick Mahomes practices. It's like, yeah. Are not, you serious about head injuries or are you not? Not only high school players afraid of losing their spot, afraid of losing a recruitment. Right. Or, or even the game. I yeah, mean, head yeah. coaches put so much pressure on guys that uh, it's, you know, are you going to send a message that treat head injuries how they're supposed to be treated? Or are you going to push it aside and say, well, it's the it's the championship game. So, I mean, he's not going to miss this. And then we all laugh after it, right? Everybody, well, no way he's going to miss this game. <laughs> it's right. like, well, are you, taking, are you taking a head injury serious or not? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I don't know. It's not comical to me. It's it's, t- it's sadly predictable to me. They'll tell you that they're taking it case by case. But you did predict it at the on at the beginning of the week. Real quick, uh, some college football news, just so I can deliver on my tease. Uh-huh. Um, a site called West Coast College Football uh, is reporting this, but I, I'd put this in the in the rumor. Uh, category because it's certainly not uh, you know set in stone, but the rumor mill. Uh, Puka Nakua, University of Washington receiver, uh, may be entering the transfer portal, and BYU could be an early leader for his services. Nakua has removed mention of UW in his Twitter bio and has followed BYU coaches and the Arizona wide receiver coach on Twitter. Well, there is a connection there, obviously, uh, you know. With his brother, and uh, oh, well, that would, uh, given the fact that Dax Milne is going to try his uh, hand at professional football, that's uh, that's probably pretty happy news for the Cougars. Who was the Washington receiver from Provo that just transferred he to transferred Fresno? Too. Yeah, um, and because he was going to be losing uh, to Puka, Puka was going to be playing over. Well, now Puka's out. 
Wow, Washington. Or, well, I, I shouldn't say he's out because he said it says maybe entering. The so. tea leaves suggest yeah, he might. Yeah, be. right, right. There's nothing, nothing officially, official, that's, officially. That's, official. that's a good way of saying it. it's just a rumor. Exactly, but I mean, he's a he's a player. I mean, he's one of the better high school football players that uh, we've seen in this state over the past several years. I and mean, he provided yeah. us with a great moment in local television history. What was it? When they, uh, I think it was KSL. Uh, God bless him. Uh, waited to like an hour and a half for Puka and his family to show up to announce where he was going to school. And it was the blizzard of all blizzard nights. <laughs> and and our, our uh, Rod Zundel's up there just tap dancing for 90 minutes. And the news That's is getting right. passed by. And coming up next is the 1 a.m. show with uh, Carson Daly. And <laughs> they finally get, get the Nakua's there. And he wants to go through the whole thing. And Zundel's like, no, you just got to tell us. We, we got to <laughs> like, know right now. Right now. <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful disaster. Oh. Well, now it looks like he could be on the move. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe uh, players aren't liking Jimmy Lake as much as they liked Coach Pete up there. Could be. They lost a defensive coordinator to Texas yesterday. I'll tell I, have you no, what. I have no problem. I have no problem with a player wanting to transfer. Sorry, I just it's his decision. Let him make it. Uh, Coach Pete um, has some stuff figured out. I mean, he's a, he's a guy who's won. Uh, a lot of football games, and I, I wondered. I wondered at Boise when Harson took over if it would be the same, and I certainly wonder about Washington. Will Jimmy Lake keep it rolling? I mean, there's no doubt he's a talented defensive mind, but Pukadaku is a good player. If this turns out to be, that's a loss for them. So what happens to Peterson next? I'm not sure. I mean, does he just sit it out on the sidelines and enjoy retirement? Or How old, or he how old back would he be? Is he in his 50s? Would you He's guess? probably 60, I would is guess. He? I would bet. So he might be, you know, he could be done. If I were a coach like that and I'd made a bunch of money, and I, I mean, I know these guys are kind of wired to uh, be uh, busy, busily engaged in whatever they're up to, but uh, I can understand why it might be nice to take a little break from that. He's 56, so we'll see if what's in his future. But uh, I don't, we'll see if Jimmy Lake can keep it up. Chris Pizza, uh, Chris Peterson, Coach Pete is a good coach, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about that. All I right. think everybody recognizes. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A Wednesday comes and goes, Gordon, although, you know, these short weeks mess with you. It doesn't feel like a Wednesday today. Yeah, it does get mixed up a little bit, but lots to talk about today. We had a lot of fun uh, breaking down the jazz and talking about, you know, we talked about uh, a multitude of things that I think uh, were interesting and, and, and kind of funny. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, Gordon. You and I often talk about how college football, or excuse me, college basketball isn't necessarily interesting all the time. We've, we've gotten into, you know, there's a variety of reasons, so much emphasis uh, placed on the tournament, you know, et cetera. But uh, college basketball around here is interesting right now. I think it is, anyway, with the way the Aggies and the Cougars are playing. Um, you know, maybe they're not bona fide shoe-in tournament teams yet, but they're both exceeding my expectations. Yeah, they might be able to surprise later on, uh, depending on, and we'll see how the season plays out with uh, all the conditions that everyone is working with and around at this point. But uh, so uh, my point is that you don't really get an idea that, okay, these are great teams and the ceiling is so high on them, but they're good enough to be able to surprise at the end in a way that might be exciting for fans. 
I wouldn't put it, uh, uh, you know, put. I would think that the Aggies could go make a run in Vegas again this year. They've done it the two previous years, and they're playing really well right now. Got a player like Kata, who certainly is one of the better yeah. players in the Mountain West. I mean, I, I, it's less likely for the Cougs, of course, because Gonzaga is just such a juggernaut. Not, I mean, they're that way every year, but it seems like this year in particular. So, oh, they, they're unbeatable this year. It's, I mean, that's the way it looks to me. But, uh, but you mentioned Kata. How happy was Craig Smith when he said he was going to return? <laughs> Well, both. Well, he he was obviously pretty happy, but I think Cato, what he's done this year, I have broadened his skill set quite a bit. Yeah. He's been a, a better passer, like we talked about earlier. The offense is kind of running through him. Um, he's pushed out his range a little bit, but it. Uh, I I think he's upped his stock for the pros. I think he was a borderline NBA guy last year. I think if he would have come out, he would have probably had to play his way up through the G League. I think he's given himself a better shot to be drafted. All right. Yeah. And that was the point. I mean, obviously, that's very important to him. And if he thought he was going to have a great opportunity after last season, then he would have gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. So that's the way it works. And that's okay. You know, that's what these that's what the dream is with these players. And uh, that's that's what they're hoping to accomplish. Uh, They are they might be getting an education along the way, but they are essentially majoring in basketball. At least some of them are. Not everybody, but some. All right, Gordon, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. And sorry, all you Ute fans, to be leaving the Utes out of that conversation, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? I think I they're mean, fine with it this year. I don't well, think I mean, they want to hear yeah, us talking about But that's what I mean. Is. We're talking about these teams in kind of glowing terms, and we there's one team that's being left out. It's the big show. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.